Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Hoopla with Sean and Sean Podcast. I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor, coming to you with our official grown-up episode. Yeah. Episode number 21, mm-hmm. All Hail the Hall of Famers. That's a great title you came up with, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot, man. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, we're grown now, 21 years old, yeah. right? We can buy a house. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to say buy a car, but you can do that at like 16. But anyways, we grown now. 21 mm-hmm. episodes in. Yeah. Super cool, man. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for continuing to support us. And uh, let's get right into it. So what are we going to be talking about in today's episode? So today we're going to be talking about this year's 2020 Epic Hall of Fame class uh-huh. and the end of season awards. Even though the season is suspended, they're still going to at one point pass out. The awards right. to all the players and coaches and everything. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. And you said Epic 2020 Hall of Fame class, headlined by, as we dubbed it, the Eternal Big Three. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah. God bless the dead. So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun because we're really going to uh, drill down on their stats and some of our favorite memories of them. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the Eternal Big Three, let's get into the other five Folks who are going into the Hall of Fame class, including three women, which I think is super cool. So you want to go ahead and uh, tell the folks who's going into the Hall? Yeah, so here's one of the three women from this year's Hall of Fame class. Kim Mulkey, she's a Baylor head women's coach. Um, Another one, Barbara Stevens, Bentley Bentley University's women's head coach. Eddie Sun, um, he's, he's a male. (laughs) <laughs> it, um, he's he's a former Oklahoma State head coach okay. and Rudy Tom Janovich. He's a Rockets icon. He was a he's a former Rockets player. He he did get punched in the face by Kermit Washington. Right, he's fam- famously known. Right, the punch. Um, yeah, the punch as they call it in nineteen ninety in nineteen seventy seven. Mm-hmm. He was a former Houston Rockets head coach. Um, especially when they won that um, back-to-back titles. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of battles and tough times in that series, but they ended up going back-to-back. And, yeah. yeah, in 94, 95. And uh, I, I think I'm going to butcher this quote, but he says something along the lines of Let, never count out the heart of a champion or something like that. Yeah. But I remember it was a pretty famous soundbite at the time. Um, and you mentioned the punch with Kermit Washington. I know... We, we've talked about this before, um, and you don't mention it lightly, but just to give some reference, in 77, the NBA was a much more violent league. Definitely. Right? And so when you take that and then fast forward to 03, I think it was, the Malice in the Palace, mm-hmm. those two things were kind of pivotal points in the NBA being very intentional on changing how the league is not only perceived, but how the game is played from a physical standpoint. Yeah. So stuff right now that, you know, they go and review and they say, oh, that's a flagrant one or a flagrant two. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, that was just another day at the office. Yeah. But you had people like Rudy Tomjanovich got hurt very, very badly from that punch. And Kermit Washington was very contrite about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did like a couple documentaries about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was really a, a, a turning point in the way that the game was played. Yeah. So um, yeah, shout out to, to those folks. For making it into the Hall of Fame, which they'll get inducted later this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also, before we get into the Eternal Big Three, we have another great, great player. Who is that, Sean? Tamika Ketchings from the Indiana Fever. Yeah. Her her stat line accolades are just crazy. Right. So, let's... To start off, in 2011, she was an MVP. Mm -hmm. Ten-time All-Star. Right. 
Five-time Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. Won it in 05, 06, 09, 2010, and 2012. Wow. Can can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. Five-time Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, within that, you can we can even unpack that a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. So, that means she went back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year twice. Twice. Right? In 05 yeah. and 06 and 09 and 2010, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And then, what jumps out to me is the fact that she won that award seven years apart. Yeah. In 05 and 2012. Mm-hmm. And most players, physically, you start slowing down. You're not playing defense at the same level. Mm-hmm. But she was strapping in... in the 2000s and the 2010s. Like, that's yeah. impressive. So, mm-hmm. and then there was one more thing that, uh, one more accolade that she had. Yeah, she was a four-time Olympian mm-hmm. in 04, 08, 2012, and 2016. Right, so she got four gold medals. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, like you said, her stats and accolades are just incredible. Really, incredible. Yeah, really incredible. Now, we saw her play yesterday in the Pro Horse Challenge on ESPN mm-hmm. against Mike Conley. She took an L in the horse game. Yeah. But maybe she's just more of a gamer, right? She's not really about yeah. all the, the extra stuff, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, I just, when I step between those lines, I get busy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so yeah. shout out to those five. Mm-hmm. Um, now we can get into... Like we said earlier, the eternal big three. The eternal big three. So, who are we starting off with? I know one of your favorite players and one of my favorite players as well. Yeah, so first we're going to start off with former Timberwolf and Celtic legend, number 21, KG, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. AKA the big ticket. Man. Everyone call him, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are some of his... St- well, hold on. First of all, I thought we were supposed to get a whole name because you did the research like... And the the like when you said the whole name together it was kind of funny, right? Oh yeah, Kevin Maurice Garnett. <laughs> right. Kevin Maurice Garnett. Right. Like he uh, looks yeah. like a Kevin Maurice Garnett, yeah, yeah, right? You want me to say it in the same voice, don't you? <laughs> I do. Okay, okay, hold on. Kevin Maurice Garnett. <laughs> I don't understand why that's so funny. <laughs> because it, you sound like a Baptist preacher, man. It sounds so strong and black, like Kevin Maurice Garnett. Garnett. <laughs> um, so, what are some of his his uh, stats and accolades? Okay, so first off, pretty like I, I'm sure most of us know this. 2007 and 08 NBA champ mm-hmm. with the Celtics. Yeah. 2003-04 MVP, 15-time All-Star, 2002-03 All-Star MVP, 9-time All-NBA, 4-time Rebounding Champ, 12-time All-Defensive. Wow. 2007-08 Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. 1995-96 All-Rookie, jersey number 5 retired by the Boston Celtics. Right, yeah. right. And so... His famous quote, and I'm not going to butcher this because it's literally two words, right? Or three words. Anything is possible, right? So I just, man, I think that really captures the essence of who KG is Mm -hmm. and what type of player he was. Mm -hmm. Um, He was one of the guys from the the newer era when I was growing up um, that jumped straight from high school to the pros, Mm -hmm. right? He, He skipped past college. That wasn't really a thing in the 90s until KG did it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of crazy to see him do that. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, both of us love KG. 
Yeah. Right? And, you know, we're obviously 24 years apart. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it is about KG that transcends time and makes him a, a, fa a fan favorite amongst multiple generations? Um, I think just his intensity. Yeah. He was playing for the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they got a huge fan base. Mm -hmm. Um, And just when you bring that intensity, right. just a great player, winning championships, MVPs, doing all these great things, just people are going to love you. Yeah? Yeah. That's a great point. And I think you hit it right on the head with the first word, intensity. Mm -hmm. I was a pretty intense player myself. <laughs> yeah. And so I connected with that, man. I just loved his intensity. His passion for the game, uh, almost, not almost, a zeal for the game, right? Which is rare amongst people in general, that he just played with such zeal on every single possession. And I love the fact that KG was a complete player. Yeah. He could play both ends of the court. He could shoot the mid-range. He could turn over the left shoulder, the right shoulder. He's athletic. Yeah. Could dribble pass. I mean, he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player, man. If he was long like Anthony Davis... I don't even know. I, but I think he probably was as long as Anthony Davis. Mm, Anthony Davis was a little bit longer. You think so? Yeah. Maybe it's just the, the TV is better now, right? HD? Because <laughs> I think they probably, if we looked it up, they probably got very similar wingspans. They probably, they have very similar builds. They, they I, do. Yeah, may, maybe, but I don't yeah. know. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to look that up in uh in overtime, I guess. Yeah. Um. So do you have a favorite memory of KG? Um, probably, like you said, him just saying anything is possible or mm -hmm. just screaming it into the crowd mm -hmm. just because just that intensity right. just, you know, when it pays off, just you don't care, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's uh, I, I can agree with that. My favorite memory of KG is the fact that he would go 10 shots after the whistle, mm -hmm. right? So the player would be going on and the ref would blow a whistle and the player from the other team would shoot the ball and KG would jump up and grab it. And mm -hmm. he's like, no buckets out here, right? Mm -hmm. And now that's a common thing, right? Mm -hmm. But when KG started doing that, people weren't doing that. He really started that way, right? So, hey, mm -hmm. we got to give him, give him some respect for that. Um, but it, again, it just kind of ties back into his level of intensity and the zeal that he played the game with. Yeah. Um, and it just was a, a, a mindset for the entire Celtics team that's like, you know, because that was a great defensive team. Those were some great defensive teams the Celtics had, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, no, you're not getting any free buckets out here. Yeah. That's it. We, we shut down everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be honest, we were watching the game the other night, or I think I was, and you may have gone to sleep. Um, when the Lakers won the championship in 2010 in Game 7, if Kendrick Perkins doesn't get hurt, it's very plausible that the Celtics win that title as well. So that would have mm -hmm. been two titles in three years. Mm -hmm. um, and KG, I think, matter of fact, got hurt one year to keep them from going back-to-back. -back. Um, mm -hmm. My days may be a little mixed up. But, yeah, they, they could have very easily have been a dynastic-type team, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just going back to him blocking those shots after the whistle. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, big shots out to KG, number 21. Now we're going to... Should, wait, should we go over his stats? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, for his career, he averaged 17.8 points per game, 10 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.4 blocks on 49% from the field. That's incredible. Yeah. Those are incredible stats. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... Obviously, his stats took a dip towards the end of his career, right? But mm -hmm. if you look at his prime, he's a 25 and 10 guy, 
25 and 12 guy in yeah. his prime years, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, again, shout out to KG, one of our favorites. Now we're going to go to another number 21. Mm-hmm. I say it's the they're the same. They're different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. They often get compared to one another. Not necessarily one of your favorite players, but someone who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Who is that? Spur is former Spurs legend Timothy Theodore Duncan. <laughs> oh my God! See, so that's that's why I wanted you to say to Kevin Maurice Garnett, not just because it sounds like a Baptist preacher, but then the contrast between <laughs> Timothy, I mean uh, Kevin Maurice Garnett, and then you say, what'd you say? Timothy Theodore Duncan. You just said it so. Like chill, right? Yeah. Right? So, like, what are some some accolades, right, for Timothy Theodore Duncan? Read them off. <laughs> okay, well, he's a five-time NBA champ. Right. I'm part of most of those Spurs championship teams. Three-time finals MVP, two-time MVP, 15-time All-Star. He was the 1999-2000 All-Star Game MVP He's a 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defensive, 1997-98 All-Rookie, 1997-98 Rookie of the Year, Oof. and his jersey number, his jersey number 21 was retired by the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, so matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and read off his career stats so we don't save it to the end. Yeah, so he averaged 19 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, three three assists, and 2.2 blocks on 50% shooting from the field. Whew, my God. Yeah. So, and his, KG's nickname was the Big Ticket. Yeah. Duncan's name is the Big Fundamentals, big right? Fundamentals. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, the, again, you see that contrast right there, right? Yeah. Was he like called the philanthropist or something? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the Big Philanthropist, I don't know about that. Shaq may have called him like, no, Shaq called himself the Big Aristotle. I don't know. I haven't heard that. The big philanthropist. No, not the big philanthropist. Just philanthropist. I mean, he is a philanthropist. He does a lot of stuff in the Virgin Islands, where he's from. Oh. The U.S. Virgin Islands. Like, I know when they had, I think it was like a hurricane uh, a year or two ago, he donated a lot of food and supplies down there. So, mm-hmm. he does engage in philanthropic work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that's his nickname. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> what is your favorite memory of... Tim Duncan or, okay, let me frame this question two ways. What's your favorite memory of Tim Duncan or what do you think defines him most as a player? Defines him most as a player? Right. Uh, I don't know. Like, he, he won a lot of championships. My mm-hmm. favorite memory is honestly him getting dunked on by LeBron. I knew you were going to say that, man. Yeah. That's, that's not shining a favorable light on Tim Duncan's career, man. I, mean, I know. I mean, well, just you should, he should have moved. <laughs> But, I mean, he actually slid over and made the right play. He was there to take a charge. LeBron is just a superhuman and went to a different level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, like, because Tim Duncan, I don't really like the way he plays. It's kind of boring. Oh, my God. But I, I guess maybe just, like, him winning, maybe even that ring against the the Cavs uh-huh. that one year where LeBron led the Cavs to the finals. And just, you know, probably... Or you know what? It's probably that one where he got the technical fouls because he was just like laughing, I guess. Oh right, yeah. At, uh, Joey Crawford. Not, not making fun of him, right. just saying like, because it's just when you see Tim Duncan laughing right. like that, 
Yeah. Right, I do remember that he was on the bench laughing at Joey Crawford, and Joey Crawford ejected him. Mm-hmm. And that, that was it. That was crazy. I don't know why he did that. I think they just had some type of personal beef. I don't know what was going How on between us. Beef with Tim Duncan. That's a great question. But Tim Duncan also looks like the type of guy who's like he's very smart, and like he might just slip in like a little jab at you, <laughs> right? Like Joey Crawford was bald, so maybe he's like, "Hey, nice hair, Joey," something like that. Right? I don't know. <laughs> But that's a that's a great memory. Um, my favorite memory of Tim Duncan, which you may not like this, is the fact that they, him and the Spurs got beat in 2013 by the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. And they had that series wrapped up, let the Heat come back on them. Um, and Tim Duncan missed a little chippy in game seven mm-hmm. that could have won them the game, right? Mm-hmm. And Tim Duncan came back the next season and then they just destroyed the Heat, right? Yeah. Because he was he came back in. Obviously, he wasn't the best player. Um, yeah. He was kind of towards the end of his career. Um, but he was like Kevin Garnett. He set a tone for the team, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't as demonstrative or zealous, like I said, with Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. But he was making... The, the thing about him and Garnett and a lot of these great, great players is they make the right play almost every time. Yeah. And not to say that they never have turnovers or they never miss the their defensive assignments, mm. but for the most part, they make the right rotations. Yeah. Right? They Tim Duncan, he would rebound the ball, chin it perfectly, throw a perfect outlet pass, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the little things that they pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he really set the tone in that 2014 finals, and they actually, I believe, have the record for the largest margin Largest average margin of victory per game in the finals against that Heat squad, right? Yeah, I definitely don't like that. <laughs> I bet you don't. Um, but something that defined his career was just consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Again, the contrast between him and Garnett. Tim Duncan was a four-year college player at Wake Forest, a great player, mm-hmm. right? Arguably, you know, not arguably one of the best players uh in college basketball history, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like we said, Kevin Garnett jumped straight from high school to the league. Mm-hmm. But that consistency was just, you know, amazing. Um, and throughout his career, he just always was was in the right spot, doing the right things, which is kind of how, again, he got dunked on by LeBron. Yep. <laughs> he made the right rotation, but LeBron was just like, I'm not human, and went up top. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Timothy Theodore Duncan. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those could actually be three first names. Yeah. Timothy, Theodore, and Duncan could all be first names. Yeah, I mean, you got Duncan Robinson. You got right. Theodore from well, Alvin and Chipmunks. <laughs> and you got <laughs> Timothy. Right. Just like local, <laughs> na- your friendly neighborhood, Timothy. <laughs> okay. So, shout out to those number 21s, two all-time great power forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got to go into... That guy, man. Yeah. Man, it's hard for me to talk about this this yeah. guy, man. Who who are we talking about next, Sean? We're talking about Laker legend number 24 and number 8, Kobe Bean Bryant, man. a.k.a. the Black Mamba. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead and, and, and give the folks some of his accolades and his stats. Okay, so like Tim Duncan, he's a five-time NBA champ, mm-hmm. two-time finals MVP, he was the 2007 and 08 MVP, 18-time All-Star. Jeez. Yeah, four-time All-Star Game MVP, mm-hmm. and he got the he got the 
all-star MVP award named after him. Yeah. Yeah, because he has the most all-star MVPs. Yeah. Him and Bob Petter are tied. Mm-hmm. 15-time All-NBA. Tough. Two-time scoring champ. Mm-hmm. And those are like 35. He was averaging like 35 points. Yeah. In those. Yeah. 12-time All-Defensive. Tough. 1996-97 All-Rookie. Mm-hmm. Both jersey numbers number 8 and 24, retired by the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And he won an Oscar in 2018 for the best animated short film. Right, Dear Basketball. Yeah, Dear Basketball. Man. And for his career, he averaged 25 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists, and 1.4 steals on 44% shooting from the field. It was kind of 45, mm-hmm. closer to that. And 32% from three. Wow. Yeah. Wow, talk about... A resume. Yeah. I mean, Kobe being Bryant, this guy just was incredible. Yeah, in, um, inside and outside of basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a well-rounded human being, man. Yeah. Um, and so Kobe and KG were kind of connected because KG came out of high school in 95, and then Kobe made the jump in 96, mm-hmm. right? Then Kobe and Duncan were connected because... They both won five championships, Mm -hmm. and they had epic battles in the West. Both played their entire careers for one franchise, right? Duncan with the Spurs, Kobe with the Lakers. And people always say, you know, who's better, Duncan or Kobe, Duncan or Kobe? We can have that that argument or debate all day. just really is a a matter of of preference, in my opinion, because neither one of them really separated themselves over the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, so for them, all three of them to be inducted in the same year, I think it's just really, really cool. That's why we said the Eternal Big Three. Mm-hmm. But what's your favorite memory of Kobe or and or what do you think defined him as a player? Um, I think probably just sending that like that pump thing mid range. Right. Because it was just so beautiful. Yeah. And he just kind of like Jordan kind of, they both did that pump fake mid-range. It, the way he played was so beautiful. So right. it was just like, yeah. It was like a work of art. Yeah, it was a work of art. Yeah. And just like how he did how he did things. Everything had to be like a work of art. Yeah. And he really made sure that he took that, just, he just took that in. Yeah. Yeah, every single time he did something. Right. Mm-hmm. He really paid attention to detail. Yeah. So do you think there was... So is that your favorite memory or do you think that's what defines him? Um, I think kind of both. Okay. I, I just love seeing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his game actually transcended sports and went to art, like you said. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Jordan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a Barry Sanders. We were watching him the other day. Like His juice were almost like an art form. Mm-hmm. It just didn't even seem real. Um, for me, my favorite... Memory of Kobe, or I actually say what I think defined him. I think his commitment to every detail, like you said, really defined him. Like he was maniacal about the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had that same, he was kind of in between Duncan and KG. He was very intense, mm-hmm. like KG, but he could also be very quiet from time to time, like a Duncan, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of just walking in that middle. Um, but I was, we were watching him play the other day. Um, I forget what year it was. It might have been like the 2000 finals, 2001. But defensively, man, he just was a dog. Yeah. He was just getting after people, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have down here 12 times all defensive team. Like, 
this guy, people forget just how good he was defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and his just attention to detail was mm-hmm. crazy. And he could guard, you know, the, the one through the three. Um, my favorite memory of Kobe, I'm actually going to say it was two things. One was when, like, his retirement game. Mm-hmm. So just the whole thing, the fact that he dropped 60, the fact that he said Mamba out and dropped the microphone down, the fact that, what's wrong? Um, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is, like, the anniversary of since he's retired. Like, I'm pretty sure he retired. Oh, on April 13th. April 13th. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right because the season typically ends in mid-April. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, but that whole game and in the post-game press press conference, he's speaking in two, three different languages. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought <laughs> that was super cool. Yeah. And it speaks to your point of him being, like, a really just impressive human being, right? Yeah, definitely. So... That would probably be one B for me. One A is uh, in uh, favorite memories is when Matt Barnes gave him that ball fake mm-hmm. right in his face, and Kobe did not even flinch. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy because he put it right in his face, right? Mm-hmm. And then not only that, afterwards Kobe Bryant said, "Hey man, why don't you come play with me? Because anybody crazy enough to mess around with me is crazy enough to play with me." Mm-hmm. And then Matt Barnes ended up joining the Lakers, so it just yeah. showed that Kobe, all he cared about was winning. Mm-hmm. Right, like he put the personal stuff to the side, even though him and Shaq had some early beef. Like they ended up squashing that, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that ball fake was just like that was insane to me. Yeah, I'm so, like no reaction. Right, like just didn't even flinch. Yeah. Um. So you just looked it up, and it is the anniversary, right? Yeah, April thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Man, man, I remember that game. After the game, I stood up and I just clapped, man. And I ain't going to lie, I shed a couple tears. Like, yeah. man, because I, I. Realized I was watching greatness step away and just that level of intensity and intention. Um, you just don't find that in, in people very often. Yeah, wait, was I there? Was I watching? Uh, I think so, yeah, yeah. I was. You kind of came towards the end. What, what, what did I What did I do? Like, I think you were just like, you were excited because he was making so many shots down the stretch. And they were like <laughs> incredible shots. So you and Kai both were just kind of going crazy with me. Because we were like, oh, my God, this guy is really just frying people, right? Yeah, and I don't even know. Did I play basketball then? No, you weren't even really playing like that. You weren't really even into it. So, But that just, again, speaks to Kobe's level of artistry mm-hmm. that you recognize, like, oh, my God, this guy is incredible, yeah. right? Because, yeah, I mean, what what else can we say? Yeah. Um, so Duncan, Garnett, Kobe Bean, the eternal big three. Mm-hmm. Man, really looking forward to that ceremony. I think it's yeah. in August. Um, you know, I'm sure to be emotional for, for a lot of people. I know I'm going to be a little emotional watching yeah. that because I would just love to see Kobe, uh, you know, there to give that speech and just, you know, he's just such an impressive dude. But mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, love seeing Duncan and Garnett and hearing what they have to say because they're just all three really impressive and all eight very impressive players and coaches, man. So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, with that said, we're on to the season awards. Mm-hmm. Right, so we got coach of the year, most improved player of the year, sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year, and rookie of the year. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. do you want to start on the the ones we agree on or the ones that we disagree on? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Okay. So let's go for the the first award, coach of the year. Coach. Who do you have? I have Frank Vogel. Coach okay. Of the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can't be mad at that selection. Why? Why'd you go with Frank Vogel? Um, because he just this is his first season back from not coaching, mm-hmm. 
and he's come back, and the Lakers have not made the playoffs for a long time, mm-hmm. and now he obviously I'm pretty sure we're gonna make the playoffs, right? If we don't, I love how you say we. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're gonna make the playoffs. And we have a good shot of winning the championship this year. Now, obviously, we have a really good team this year. Right. But everyone thought that we had a good enough team to make the playoffs with LeBron coming. Mm-hmm. And Luke Walton, you know, shout out to him. But he couldn't really do that. He couldn't lead us to making the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, Frank Vogel, the fact that he's doing that, he's coming back mm-hmm. to coaching and doing that, just, I think, is really good. Yeah. And what we want... Almost 50 games now. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's look it up. Yeah. 49 and 14. Yeah, so 49 games. Yeah, man. Just Frank. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you on any of those points. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he gets a huge shout out for being able to manage personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, they basically built a whole new team. Mm-hmm. Right? Um Bringing in Anthony Davis and Danny Green, Avery Bradley, yeah. Rajon Rondo. Yeah. And you have to manage those personalities, right? Manage yeah. minutes, manage expectations. So like you said, the fact that he was out for several years and they could come back in um, in year one and do such a great job. Shout out to him. Well, yeah, I think he he coached the year before. He, he got fired. Mm-hmm. But... So I think it was only one year. I don't think it was several. Oh, okay. Got you. Yeah. Um, maybe he was kind of like off the radar for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he also did a great job constructing a great coaching staff, too. Mm-hmm. Again, like Jason Kidd. And uh, who else was on this coaching staff? Look, I'm shouting out the coaching staff, and I forgot. It was like Phil, Phil Handy. Yeah, Phil. I right. Remember, Phil yeah. Handy is great. Shout out to Phil Handy. He's a great uh, teacher of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so although I agree with your points... I actually am going to go with Nick Nurse yeah. of the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Nick Nurse probably not should have, but could have won the award last year. Um, but this year, they lost Kawhi and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. They're starting wings. And they're actually on pace to win more games this year than they did last year. Yeah. Last year, they were 58 and 24. Currently, they're 46 and 18, yeah. second in the East. Yeah. That is tough. That that tells me that his like him and his staff are training their players to play the right way, mm-hmm. or and they're setting standards and expectations that people are going to play the right way. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the Raptors play, they make all the right rotations. They make the extra passes. They pick each other up. They take charges. Like they're just a, a they're not a high octane team, but they're fun to watch if you really like good quality basketball. Yeah, and not all of them are the most athletic. Right. But the ones that are kind of just, they play really hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so that's good. It's yeah. all good on the team. I totally agree. And a lot of that, in my opinion, is coaching. Because it's like if guys don't play hard, they come out. Yeah. They get subbed out. Like Greg Popovich is great at that. Who I think if the Spurs made the playoffs, they'd have he'd have to be a, a candidate for coach of the year. Um, even though I don't think they will, but yeah, it's like if you, I don't care if you're the best player or the tenth player. If you're not playing hard, you're not doing things the Spurs way or the Raptors way. You sit down. Yeah. So shout out to Nick Nurse, man. Um, let's move on to the next award: Most Improved Player of the Year. Who yeah. do you have? I've got Luka Doncic. Okay. Um, first off, his his just averages have just jumped up completely. Right. Like almost by like. It's almost like he was averaging half the season before, mm-hmm. and then just like jumped up a whole another half. 
first off, his points per game jumped up by like seven points. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> Just, and then his rebounding numbers, they jumped up by, I think it was one and a half rebounds. Mm-hmm. His assists jumped up by 2.7. Yeah, that's tough. So, yeah, his, <laughs> yeah, it still stayed the same, 1.1. So, I, I got him for most improved. And his team is winning. Yeah. Yeah, so, and they're probably going to make the playoffs. They they could have a good run. Yeah. Rick Carlisle ain't a bad coach. Right. <laughs> yeah. He ain't a bad coach. Yeah. He's and, all right. Yeah, and I feel like Chris Stops. It's kind of coming back to life a little more. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. So I think they'll have a good run. Okay. Yeah. So you're going with Cool Hand Luke. I am going with everyone's favorite hairline, Jason Tatum. <laughs> you started laughing because for some reason you don't really like Jason Tatum's hairline, even though it's perfect. Like him, Jalen Rose, and Paul George have perfect hairlines. And Fred Van Fleet. But I'm pretty sure Van Fleet is a barber himself. Or he looks like every like every local barbershop has a dude that looks like Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> Even though I want to, I'm just not going to oh say Oh, my anything. goodness. So, yeah, I'm going with Jason Tatum. Uh, at first, I was going to say either Brandon Ingram or Alonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. And I was very critical of Alonzo Ball even earlier this season, right? Mm-hmm. But... He hit a nice stride and is playing a lot better, right? Mm -hmm. But then I just, it was kind of like Tatum's so good this year, I forgot that it's only his third year, and I forgot how much of an improvement he made from last year. Last year, he averaged 15.7 points a game. This year, he's averaging 23.6. I mean, he really took a leap. And if you watch him, just the way that he plays on both ends of the ball, I mean, he's playing like a bona fide superstar. He's kind of entered that type of conversation, right? Yeah, the only reason I say Luke is because he's kind of just been doing it since the beginning of the season. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I'm not mad at the Luka pick, right? Mm-hmm. But watching Tatum on both sides of the ball, I mean, he, he's playing great. And when they beat the Lakers, oh, I'm sorry, they played the Lakers, but the Lakers ended up beating them like a couple months ago. Jason Tatum was hands down the best player on the oh, court. Yeah. Like, hands down, they had to end up doubling him. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that he's not great out of the post kind of hurt him because then when they doubled him, it took the ball out of his hands 30 feet away from the basket, and he didn't really get it back. Whereas I think the next step to his game is him being able to dominate out of the post mm-hmm. because then you can turn and shoot before the double team comes. Mm-hmm. Or like we were watching Jordan last week, right? Mm-hmm. He would know where the double was coming from and spin away from it. Mm-hmm. And then get to the rim. Like, it was just kind of beautiful to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Tatum doesn't have that in his bag just yet, yeah. but I think he'll get it. Mm-hmm. Like, thinking about it, he he would be a senior if he stayed in college. He'd be a senior right now. That's scary, right? So, I'm going with Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the last one where we, we actually picked different people. Mm-hmm. Sixth man of the year. Who do you have? I have Lily. Williams. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I called him that. I don't know why he called him that either. Yeah, but um, Lil Will, even though he's on the Clippers, I got to go with Lil Will again because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, he's still averaging crazy numbers when he's coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's averaging this season 18.7 points. Tough. 5.7 assists three and 3.1 rebounds. That's tough. Yeah, and, but... He's just a cooker yeah. in general. And, yeah. and this is on a winning team, yeah. the Clippers. 
and he's found a way to really get himself into that rotation. Right. Yeah, and you can make the argument that he might even, like, he's not that many steps behind Paul George right now. Yeah. Like, in the way he's playing. Yeah. Right now. Not, like, career-wise, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Um, and he definitely, even though he, he doesn't start the game, he finishes the games. Yeah. Right? He, yeah, like, he's... Yeah, he's one of their five best players, no doubt about that. Yeah, right? him and Kawhi, those are like kind of the two closers. Right, that's yeah. a good point. Um, and so I like the Lou Will pick, and I almost went with another Clipper, Montrez Harrell, who I just love his energy. Mm-hmm. But I actually chose Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder, I'm not sure. I think it's Schroeder. Maybe it's Schroeder. Did I? Okay, yeah. Dennis Schroeder. Um, I like him. A lot this year with OKC and how he's embraced that six-man role. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a starter in all of his previous years. Mm-hmm. But this year he said, you know what? I'm going to do what's best for the team. And he's averaging 19 points, four assists, uh, a couple rebounds. And Oklahoma City is surprisingly in the playoff hunt right now. They're mm-hmm. probably going to make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like what he's brought to the, the table. And I just kind of like the evolution of his game and, like, the pace that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. I think it's been great for him to play with Chris Paul, and so I'm going with Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we have for six man of the year. Now we go to defensive player of the year. We both agreed. AD. AD is just, I mean, he's a game changer. Yeah. The way he contests shots, the way he closes out, the way he can guard multiple positions. Like, mm-hmm. even though Jason Tatum was cooking him in that game we were talking about. I mean, but AD's not that type of defense, de- defender. Right. That's yeah. a lot to ask of him, right? Yeah. Um, But we're both going with AD. We think that's pretty unanimous, right? And then rookie of the year, both went with John Morant. Yeah. I, like, I want to go with Zion, right. but, like, he doesn't get to finish out the season. Like, right. if he did, like, it's going to be a lot closer. Right. Yeah. Like, because, like, he's a rookie, and some, there's just some games where, like, he'll just go off. Yeah. And he's, I don't even know if he's played 20 games. No, nah, I don't think so. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. Um, And so, I, also, with that, John Morant, though, is leading his team. Mm-hmm. Zion is not Zion's not the best player on his team, right? Yes. Because he's one of the best, but Brandon Ingram to me is clearly the best player on that Former team. Former Laker. Former Laker, right? Yeah. Um and then MVP, we both agree on this, but I was surprised, right? This yeah. is how I know that you you're you're a, you're a good honest dude, right? Uh-huh. We both went with Giannis. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought you would say LeBron. Why did you pick Giannis instead of LeBron? Cuz he just LeBron is I feel like LeBron he's really going to like kind of catch up at, like, the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like I feel like LeBron's going to kind of try to make his run at the end of the season, and that's what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But Giannis just, he still had the edge right. at the, all, the, like, the rest of the season right. from the beginning until that point where he beat um, the Bucks and then the Clippers. Right. So, I mean, I and plus Giannis, their team has a better record. Yeah. But... I, I just got to go with Giannis, and right. it, it was difficult. And plus, he's had, like, he, I don't even think he's played, like, over, like, 30. I don't think he's played, like, 35 minutes. I don't know. He's not averaging that many minutes played. Yeah, it's only, like, 31. Yeah, 31, and he's still averaging, like, 30 and 12. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, you lay out a great case. The mm-hmm. only thing I'll add to that um, as to why I said Giannis instead of LeBron, and I forget who said this, but – LeBron's second best player, or arguably the best player on the Lakers, is AD, mm-hmm. right? Giannis' second best player is Chris Middleton. 
Yeah. No disrespect to Chris Middleton, but he's not AD. Right? Those are two totally different caliber of players, right? Yeah, he's been balling, though, Chris Middleton. He has, but he's just not AD. AD's going to be Defensive Player of the Year, and he's averaging, like, 25 points. Yeah. So, that guy, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah and he's getting better at passing. Yeah, he... He's just a uh, AD is a is a different level of of player. He's he's almost complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pretty he's pretty complete when he we is. look at it. Like almost right, but he just makes up with it with athleticism and defensive effort. Right now, we got to jump on a call here soon, so we're gonna wrap this up and we can get into what uh, makes AD almost complete in a later episode. Mm-hmm. But it's time for our final. In fan favorite segment, yeah or no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah All right, no. so we got three questions. Let's get through them real quick. First question: Lakers tie the Celtics for the most rings in franchise history this year. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because yeah. they're one behind right now, right? The Celtics have the most. Lakers have second most. Yeah, Celtics was seventeen. Lakers was sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So I'm also gonna say yeah to that one. I think mm-hmm. I like the Lakers to win the championship. Hopefully the season resumes and we can see that play out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah or no. Giannis becomes only the 15th player in NBA history to win the MVP title, uh, MVP and a title in the same season. No. No, because we just said the Lakers are going to win the championship, right? Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think he'll win the MVP, but I don't think they win the title. Mm-hmm. And last one, Bucks win 70 games if we get to finish the rest of the regular season. No, they'll get close, though. They'll get close because they already have 12 losses. So they lost three in a row. They're, they lost their last three, which kind of set them behind pace. Yeah. Um, so I'm also going to say no. They won like 66 to 68 games. Yeah, I think probably 60. I think probably 66. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. So we said, yeah, no, no. All right? Mm-hmm. So that wraps up episode 21 of The Hoop Life, our official adult episode, our grown-up episode, All Hail the Hall of Famers. It's yes. been fun again, son. Yeah. Absolutely. Let the people know where they can find us. Um, so again, like my dad said, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Hoop Life with Sean Song Podcast. Um, please make sure you rate us five stars, just always. Never anything else. Write a comment, um, leave us some suggestions and let us know what you like about the podcast. You could change. And we are available on all podcast platforms, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, and all other podcast platforms, like I said. So, yeah. That was great, man. Great closing. I got nothing to add. Mm-hmm. So, from our family to yours, peace. Peace, man.